Welcome to You Wear It Well. Hi, I'm your host, Jeff Heiserman, physical therapist and founder and CEO of Spectrum Ergonomics and Occupational Health Services. We're at the intersection of fashion and technology, otherwise known as wearables. We look at the people, products, and research that make up this exciting world of wearables. Are you a fashion designer, electrical engineer, or someone with the dream of designing a wearable? Apply for membership to my LinkedIn group page, Biotech Fashion, and join in the discussion. Hi, and welcome to another edition of You Wear It Well. In today's episode, I would like to take a look at some most recent research to kind of give you, the listeners, a, an opportunity to process some of the technology that you may be hearing about, uh, whether it's here on this podcast or in the news. So I'd first like to talk about the actual development of 3D printing. I think we've all heard a little bit here and there about 3D printing, but researchers from China have developed a new method of 3D printing, electronic circuits, and they're using liquid metal microgels. Now this approach involves encapsulating this liquid metal into micro droplets, and they're using gallium. And this particular micro droplets of gallium are placed in alginate-based microgel shells. And again, alginate, if you think of algae, we take a look at an alginate. So it is like an algae. It's grown so that it can then become a material that then can create these shells. And so this alginate-based microgel shell is used to create a three-dimensional printable and recyclable liquid metal microgel ink. So according to the team in China, this liquid metal microgel ink solves many of the processability issues associated with raw liquid metals, enabling the printing to be of a flexible nature and as a result electronics become flexible and which can be then projected onto a wide variety of surfaces. So the researchers have already been able to utilize this particular technique. And I, th I find it very interesting that they used a low-cost formulation of, to 3D print a near-field communication tag onto a t-shirt, paving the way for smart e-clothing. So basically what they're doing is if they took an actual shirt and they were able to 3D print this near-field communication tag. So they're able to put it into an actual garment. And what's important about that is, is it can make it very, very, not only affordable, but also having an ability to mass produce these particular electronics that will actually be printed into material. And by using 3D printing, it makes it all very possible. Now, you may have heard of the term liquid metal before, and I think a lot of people have, and it's used to describe metals that have a melting point around room temperature. 
meaning that they can become in a liquid state at room temperature. So two of the more common liquid metals are mercury and gallium. And mercury used to be used in thermometers. So it wasn't too long ago that thermometers were used in the mouth to get one's temperature. So mercury has a lower melting point. So at around minus 38.8 degrees centigrade, it melts. But it's far too toxic to use in many of the day-to-day -day applications. So as a result, gallium is being used. It has a melting point of 29.8 degrees centigrade. But it's safe enough to use around human beings. So if we take a look at body temperature, we see that it fits well into the scheme of things when putting into materials that go against the body. So gallium features an excellent electrical conductivity. So the liquid metal has reportedly seen an uptick in interest in the recent years. So the material is considered ideal for conductive components and enables novel applications in flexible electronic circuits, energy devices, wearable health monitoring devices, and even electronic skin. But unfortunately, due to its high surface tension, gallium has a hard time forming continuous complex patterns and has a tendency to kind of ball up into these low surface energy spheres instead. So instead of staying nice and smooth, uh, it will again tend to tendency to form up into these little spheres. And it makes it difficult then to pattern the liquid metal into its pure form into such things as circuits and other high precision devices. So in order to prepare this particular ink using gallium and sodium alginate, which is not in an aqueous solution. So we can underst understand how these materials, while on the surface, tend to look like they're going to be highly successful, have to be monitored throughout the laboratory process in addition to having to have additives placed into them prior to being able to work with them in the laboratory. So in taking a look at this 3D printing with a liquid metal microgel ink, we start to see that we run into an issue of it being processable. So how can you turn it into a process? Well, the researchers, they simply developed their own 3D printable ink. They did this by stirring the gallium with sodium alginate aqueous solution, which we talked about a little bit earlier, which then with its cross links, it can form a microgel covered liquid metal droplet. Now this, this droplet then can then become something that can then be spread throughout a medium such as fabric. The microgel shells are what improve the printability of the liquid metal droplets enabling them to be used in the direct ink writing 3D printing process. So when it's initially printed these circuits aren't actually conductive but they have to be activated by slightly stretching them as this breaks the non-conductive alginate bonds in the ink. So the conductivity can also be reactivated by freezing and then pressing the 3D printed circuits, meaning that they can be used in extreme environments such as in outer space. So these particular inks find themselves highly useful, but you can see that there has to be some tweaking done to them. So I think in the long run, the more that they can start utilizing this particular process in other mediums, such as with clothing, that they'll start to become more successful in applying this particular technique of 3D printing with these particular liquid metal microgels. 
Now going further in taking a look at this particular technology, we can see that the researchers in China were able to see the activated 3D printed circuits. And this research team found that they exhibited many of the characteristics that are essential for flexible electronics. And this includes excellent conductivity, a significant resistance response to strain with small hysteresis, and great durability against non-planar forces. So basically what does all this mean? It means that using the gallium for this liquid metal microgel that it has an extreme ability to be able to conduct an electrical current and also that there's this amount of resistance to strain with a small hysteresis so when we take a look at hysteresis we can take a look at the whole process of some basically a strain that can cause some problems with the material so there's a significant resistance to that strain and very little distortion and also great durability against non-planar forces so non-planar forces would be forces that are not directed say if stretching your shirt and uh, there would be a planar force that would stretch the shirt and thus stretch the flexible electrode that has been 3D printed into the shirt but there's other non-planar forces as well Say, for instance, you go to put on a jacket over the shirt, and the jacket is tight-fitting, and it has a tendency to want to put a dent into the flexible electrode or flexible electronics that are within the material of the shirt. So to be able to test this performance of these 3D circuits on unconventional surfaces such as fabrics, they then 3D printed a flexible NFC tag. Now let's talk a little bit about an NFC tag. The NFC tags are basically a particular type of material that has printing on it that can actually go into the material. And this is a near-field communication when we talk about NFC. So when these particular tags are put into a garment, there's a certain amount of information that can be transferred back and forth, thus communication. So in a near field meaning within a fairly short distance. And we see that with Bluetooth right now. And as long as you're within a certain range of your phone or within a an iPad or within a tablet, that you will be able to get a actual communication. You move the phone further away and sometimes you don't get any communication whatsoever because it's just too far for the signal to travel. So uh, when the researchers took a look at this, they found that this tag that they put, it, it can communicate with smartphones uh, to execute a custom piece of code, and in this case, automatically opening a web page. So ultimately, this research team in China hopes that the combination of this low-cost liquid metal microgel ink and the customization benefits of 3D printing can one day enable a standardized smart e-clothing application for personalized health monitoring, tactile sensing, and human-computer interaction. And further study will continue to be done in this field, I'm very sure, if it's not being done already, as it has incredible implications for the use of wearables, especially for health monitoring, whether it's in the wellness or into the medical market. The next topic to take a look at is some Maxines and the particular research that's been done on this. And if we take a look at another article in the Advanced Materials Journal from this May of 2022, we see that energy harvesting is being tested not only here but also in many parts of the world maxines have been increasingly studied for their ability to be able to have excellent electric conductivity so let's talk a little bit about maxines to begin with now maxines themselves are specific materials 
that can reach cross-sections that as thin as a few layers of atoms, and they're known to possess unique properties because of their thickness. And it may vary from high strength to high electrical conductivity or the ability to withstand great heat, which gives these ultra-thin materials great potential for future nanotechnology. Well, the most well-known ultra-thin materials are called graphene, and graphene is continuing to make a real big wave here in the world of wearables. And I've had some guests on the show that have talked about the use of graphene for smart sensors. So graphene and other two-dimensional materials are often semiconductors, polarized insulators, or semi-metals. The lack of ultra-thin conductors has become a hurdle in the development of key components built exclusively on two-dimensional materials. Now, maxines are a new group of ultra-thin materials that were discovered in 2011. And maxines consist of metal combinations with either nitrogen or carbon atoms. And maxines act as a supplement to other ultra-thin materials because they're metallic conductors and they open new doors in new applications of nanotechnology. And a recent study published in the journal Science was entitled the world of two-dimensional carbides and nitrides, which are maxines. And these particular researchers detail the many applications maxines have in collaboration with other fields of science. And the researchers there wrote that there's many conceivable applications in the future of maxines, with two closest realizations being inefficient energy storage in the form of supercapacitors, batteries, and electromagnet interference shielding. However, on a long-term scale, researchers will soon be able to manufacture air filters, water purifiers, and antennas for next-generation communications. Additionally, the new material maxines are biocompatible, meaning that they're highly compatible with living tissue, they're non-toxic, and eco-friendly. So when you think about carbon and nitrogen, yes, you certainly have them being eco-friendly as well as non-toxic. What you're currently being studied for possible future applications in biomedicine, yes, the maxines are being used currently now for that. One application is the formulation of artificial organs, such as kidneys. They would make dialysis treatments unnecessary in the near future. Titanium carbide was the first maxine to be discovered by scientists. Now, nearly 10 years later, there's about 50 different maxines that have been developed. On the other hand, the methods currently used to produce maxines and, and combinations of maxines provide an infinite set of possibilities. And there's over 6,600 scientific papers that have been published, and a rapidly growing amount of them are also being written each year. There are many properties and applications that remain to be discovered, however, and as if forcing is a solution to contemporary challenges in both medicine and into technology. So let's take a look at a brief abstract from advanced materials and it's on the maxines for energy harvesting. So the researchers took a look at energy harvesting modules and how they play an increasingly important role in the development of autonomous self-powered microelectric devices. So in this case the maxines are two-dimensional transition metal with carbide and nitride. So again carbon and nitrogen. Now these maxines have recently emerged as a promising candidate for energy applications due to their excellent electronic conductivity, large specific surface area, and tunable properties. So a perspective on using maxines to harvest energy from various sources in the environment is presented in this article. First, the characteristics of maxines that facilitate energy capturing are systematically introduced in this article and the preparation strategies of maxines and their derived nanostructures 
tailored towards such applications are summarized in this article. So subsequently, the harvesting mechanism of different energy sources such as solar energy, thermoelectric energy, triboelectric energy, piezoelectric energy, salinity gradient energy, electrokinetic energy, ultrasound energy, and humidity energy are discussed in this article. And also the recent progress of maxine-based nanostructures in energy harvesting, as well as their applications, are introduced in this particular article. At the end of the article, opinions on the existing challenges and future directions of maxine-based nanostructure for energy harvesting are presented. So I think if we take a look at some of the upcoming energy storage or energy harvesting, we see the maxines play a very, very big role. And we talked a little bit about graphenes as well. And I think the more we start to see the research coming out in the next few years, we're going to be hearing more and more about these particular materials. I think the limitations that we're currently seeing with the batteries, such as the lithium-ion batteries, we have a very limited capability as far as storage of that energy and then the time it takes to recharge those particular batteries have certainly shown some limitations at this point. I think as we move forward into the Maxines, I think we're going to see that they will be a very, very useful tool for energy harvesting so that we will be able to generate our own power to continue to operate the electronics and the, that go to the sensors that we have in the wearables, both the wellness wearables as well as the medical wearables. The future is very bright when we take a look at these two technologies using the 3D printing as well as the Maxines. So as we continue to move forward into the wearable market, we will see these materials becoming more and more discussed as well as utilized and it seems to me that the amount of technology that's already moved forward into these particular research universities that I discussed. I don't think it's going to be very long before we'll actually start to see them in the next few years in products you can actually be purchased. And overall, I think we're taking a look at a very big possibility of having these devices not only monitor, say, blood pressure for just a few days or heart rate or actual EKGs being monitored for just a few days, I think we'll have the options of being able to have these type of biometric data being done over the course of weeks so that we can have a better idea on not only treating medical problems, but can we begin to diagnose or can we actually have the ability to be able to prevent being that we can start to see the beginning of, say, a heart problem by taking a look at the EKG that would be coming from a device that's worn in a shirt directly over the chest. Or we even have the capabilities now to take a look at heart rate and its relationship to stress, which already has been discussed on the podcast by some researchers. So in taking a look at all of the capabilities of these sensors, which are indeed quite remarkable. I think what we're also being able to take a look at now is how do we power those sensors and how do we put those sensors into fabric in a very thin way, in a very unobtrusive way, so that people can wear them and not feel as though they are actually being monitored, so that they can have a more 
relaxed, if you want to look at it that way, less stressful time when they are being monitored and it, for different activities such as they may want to go out and bike ride or they're just going out for a walk or they're at work or they are somewhere such as going out to eat uh, to see if particular type of foods can cause problems. So they just to basically help the medical community be able to better diagnose and possibly prevent further problems with people. So the future is quite bright for these two materials that we discussed, the 3D printing and also taking a look at the Mac scenes. Are you a startup? Wearable company? Don't know where quite to go from here? Well, you have the questions and Spectrum Ergonomics has the answers. Go to our company website at www.spectrumergonomics.com and click on the link wearables. There you'll find a wide variety of services and other contractors that we work with to help make your product become a reality. We're here to help you through the process of iteration to packaging and beyond. Spectrum Ergonomics and Occupational Health Services provides a broad array of design and engineering professionals for your wearable project. We feature the following design specialties. Pattern making, digital textile, athletic wear, sensor, fashion, exoskeleton, robotics, and mechatronics. We also offer beta testing of your wearable in our private clinic. You choose the demographics and sample size, send us the sample, and we take care of the rest. For more information, go to www.spectrumergonomics.com for more information. Hey, if you're a startup wearable company and you'd like to be able to get your information on this podcast, please contact me at my company website, www.spectrumergonomics.com. I'd love to be able to feature a little bit about what you're doing to let the world know about your wearable. Well, thanks for joining me at the intersection of fashion and technology, and may you wear it well. Um.